I could not be thinking any other way right yeah. now and I couldn't be feeling other, any other way. And that immediately shifts. That's the miracle. Yes. That shifts. You feel love. You notice, oh, love's here. That's right. Everything's fine. I'm tripping. Uh, Everything's good. <laughs> and then things are good. Things work yeah. out. It, every time it has never failed me. Now let the magic begin. Hello, hello, and jaima, jaimayomis. It's Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a grounded, spiritual, and expanding podcast for the creative and the curious soul to help you unleash your own magic. And this episode, ah, oh, gave me chills, a chilling episode throughout full of God bumps, the truth bumps. You'll see, you'll see as I talk with the phenomenal woman with a capital W, Nikki Walton, aka Curly Nikki. And I, I just feel so honored and blessed to have her as a new friend of the show. And Nikki is a TV personality, a licensed psychotherapist, and best-selling and NAACP Image Award-nominated author, podcast host of the Daily Podcast. Yes, a daily podcast for a daily dose of church for the soul. Her podcast, Good Mornings with Curly Nikki, and there's a parentheses around the Oh, and it just dawned on me because it's good God mornings with Curly Nikki. And she's the creator of CurlyNikki.com, which became the number one natural hair care and beauty blog in the world, reaching millions of women in over 30 countries. And also she's the co-founder and host of the Be Her Summit. She is just a woman of many impressive hats, but I'm sure that the one that she cherishes the most is being a mother. <laughs> and and I loved our conversation around raising children in a way that opens them up to finding spirituality and God for themselves, through themselves, through nature. And I was surprised at the depth it took me to. It reminded me of love and God in a way that I've known, but sometimes my human will slip out of. And so I hope it does the same for you. And I mean, we talk about so much more as well, like activating miracles and the power of a silent mind. Ooh, I've been listening to a lot of Simon and Garfunkel lately, a lot, a lot of 60s, 70s, and 80s, uh, mostly 60s, 70s folk. The Sound of Silence, I know that's probably their most popular one, and they have many great songs, but you know, that song is gold. <gasps> It's 11.11 right now as I'm recording this. Anyway, so uh, Nikki is such a phenomenal woman, shares many powerful messages from the heart, from the soul throughout. And so you may be at the edge of your seat many moments and you may, especially if you grew up from a religious background, there are many things that you may connect with, especially when it comes to reframing the connection, the relationship with what the God that we were once taught, with the God that we may feel with God with the universe, with source. And during this time, these trying times, it's nice to have a reminder of what love is. So, and also if this episode inspires you in any way, shape or form, feel free to leave a rating and review. I believe that Spotify now has ratings and reviews as well. It seems like it's a new thing. I don't know, but if you feel the nudge to 
during or after this episode. It would mean the absolute world as it helps the podcast immensely. And so thank you for all who have left reviews. And of course, the sponsor's special offers will be in the show notes along with ways to connect with Nikki and also connect with the Your Own Magic Soul family and the site for my library of meditations. Anyway, with all that being said, let's get on with the show, shall we? And now, I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Nikki Walton. Nikki, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so, so excited to have you and have the listeners meet the beautiful goddess that is Nikki. Uh, Thank you so much, Raquel. I'm honored, truly honored (laughs) to chat with you today. So what is lighting you up most in this season of your life? Uh, Love, (laughs) divine love, like staying turned toward love 24-7. Like that's my whole practice, my soul practice my heart right now. And you are also a mama, correct? Yes. Yes, I am. I have two babies. Gosh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I've been on this spiritual yeah. journey for quite a minute. I'd love to hear your story and your journey and what led you to tuning into your soul and spirit and tuning to God. Yes. Yeah, so I found quite a bit of success in a previous incarnation of myself. <laughs> in 2013, I was at the height of my like beauty career. Although I'm a licensed psychotherapist, I become very well known in the beauty spaces. I wrote a best-selling book with Harper Collins. I wow. was on Dr. Oz's TV show for like seven years, regular their beauty expert yep. today show, you know, you know, just like really out there in the public space doing outer beauty, some inner beauty, but mostly outer beauty. And while I had all of the signs of success and all the things that people told me should make me happy, I was not happy. I was actually very empty and looking for the next accolade to feel great about. And then again, I'd feel bad and then look for the next accolade. And I'm like, this can't be life. This is not it. So I reached out to Tracy Ellis Ross and because we had just had a party together in New York and I was crying. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And she said, you have to read better books. (laughs) So like you have to go deeper than what you're doing. So I started with, she told me like basically like detaching from results and just kind of like going into that instead of manifesting, learning how to let go. And so I started Googling like law of detachment instead of law of attraction and came across like, you know, Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra and just like the non-dual teachings of Hinduism and went down a rabbit hole of like 600 books, Ramana Maharshi, Nisargadatta yes. Maharaj, Ananda Maima, all of the books, all of the stuff mm-hmm. and meditating four hours, four hours a day with a kid. Wow. I only had one kid at the time, wow. four hours a day. Yeah. It was a very intense time, but it felt for some reason, like in the back of my mind, it was like, this has to happen. This has to be this way right now. And so it was reading constantly, meditating constantly, talking with teachers, messaging teachers constantly, like this very huge thirst. Like, you know, my husband at the time was like, what are you looking for? What are you searching (laughs) for? And I'm like, in 2017, I'm like, I think I found it. I, I found it. And it was this, I lost my grandma 
in 2015 oh, at Christmas time. Wow. And I was with her when she took her final breath. Mm. And I had been practicing up, you know, to this point, I'd been practicing. I just found this love inside, but I didn't know that it was always there. I thought that it was only there when I felt good, you know? So I'm with her in my worst moment. Cause I'm like, I'd been fearing this my whole life. She was my best friend and she's taking her final breath and there's grief there and sadness there. Like there was, Nikki was sad, but at the same time, there was a love and a peace that was untouched by the sadness. Like the sadness was there, but love was also there. And I'm like, if I can feel love in this terrible, beautiful moment, I was grateful that she shared that moment with me. I can feel love in this moment with this much grief. I can feel love anytime. And so I have rode that love wave through like ups and downs until I got into this new life that has built up around me, a life that's truly built on love. Whereas my previous life was built in like fear and like feeling unworthy and just like generally frustrated with life. This is, there's still, I'm not saying that it's all peaches. You know, I'm a mother of two whole kids, (laughs) but there is so much love here that I share now on a daily basis on my show. And that, if you want, I can tell you that story later. If you want to go into it now, that's a whole other story. (laughs) I do. First, I just have to say that I have major chills and my heart is just swelling with love right now because I can feel that you mean this and you are passionate about it. I mean, it would be impossible to share something from the heart every single day unless you meant it. And I think that is something to honor and to truly just, oh, I want to give you a big hug for that and to experience grief the way you did Mm -hmm. when your grandmama took her last final breath and you felt love. That gives me tears in my eyes. Oh my (laughs) gosh. That is so beautiful, Nikki. Um, I'm also curious, Mm -hmm. you did four hour meditations. What did you explore in these meditations? You know, my meditations were not seated, like sitting straight up, legs crossed. I, for some Mm -hmm. reason, I don't know why. And I think it started when I was a kid. My my journey started when I was like seven. I was raised Catholic, (laughs) black Catholic in St. Louis, and no one had answers for me. So I was already in the new age book aisle, but like by 10. So I was meditating or trying to like, you know, do like outer body experiences at that age, which was basically meditation. So my meditating during those times, like the four hour, you know, in 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17 was laying on my back hands, like corpse pose, corpse position, hands down by my side. And literally being there for a while as Nikki trying to watch the mind slow, like not wrestling with the mind, watching it until it dissolved, until Nikki dissolved, and then just being that love. Like, so becoming aware of love, like being two, Nikki aware of love, Nikki aware of the feeling of that vibration, you know, of that peace, and then just peace. Does that make sense? Mm, Absolutely. (laughs) I'm feeling it right now. Yeah, so just love. It's an expansive Mm -hmm. vibration and feeling. Of course, it's nearly impossible to define and put words to, but if you could Mm. somehow, this is a big question, I know, but if you could define love, what does love mean to you? Uh, Love is what we are. It is, it was not Mm. born and it won't die. And like you said, expansive, it's like, it's an ocean if we have to put a name on it or a word on it, it's an ocean. And we think that we are fish 
walking around in it, maybe swimming around in it, hanging out in it, talking to each other in it, but we're not the fish. It's like we are the ocean, aware of the fish, <laughs> having the conversations and swimming and chilling. And it's like, so in the beginning for me, when I started really going into this, it was Nikki aware of the, and you can also call it the I am, Nikki aware of the I am, of this presence, of this existence. You know, like I know I am alive, that feeling. Nikki aware of that. And it felt like two, mm-hmm. like me aware of God, me aware of the vortex, me aware of love. And so that was, and because it was me aware of this other, I could lose it sometimes when I got very upset. When Nikki was like really scared or really upset, I could not feel love. But the more I identified as love, the more I could see you can't lose it because you are it. So no matter how Nikki is feeling, no matter if she's a little upset, you know, if she's a little scared, if she's a lot scared, that love is still there. And so I always told people to ask the question when they're upset, is love here too? And then you can use that to guide you into that ocean, guide you back into being that ocean. It turns you toward the ocean and then you are the ocean again. And then you don't care about the waves and you don't care about the fish and everything works. Mm, So beautifully said. And you also bring up God a lot. And I know you just said that you grew up Catholic. So I'm sure that your feelings and how you experience God has also evolved. (laughs) I could not not even say the word God. Like when I first started this journey, I used universe. I used everything. (laughs) Can't touch that. But I just came back from Assisi, Italy, like two weeks ago. I was meditating with the Catholics, you know, on St. Francis there. And two weeks before that, I was in Hawaii, you know, meditating with the Hindus. It's all the same. It's all love. (laughs) Like it's, it's, everyone is talking about the same thing. And I did not know that at the time. And recently, as recent as 2019, I went back to my home church in St. Louis, Missouri with my same priest. And I went to the midnight mass there and he had everybody turn the lights down. Like in the church, like turn the lights down. So let's meditate on the Christ within. And I'm like, first of all, I've never heard him talk about meditation ever. And secondly, the Christ <laughs> within. Chills. I'm like, the Christ oh within. So when mass was over, I went up to him and I had not seen him in a, many years. So I didn't expect him to recognize me. He's like 90. And he's like, Nikki. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, so how long have you been feeling the presence of God? And he's like, oh, Nikki, too long to even recall. And just kind of shooed me off and, you know, like uh. just glided away into the to the congregation. <laughs> And I'm like, I couldn't see it. I couldn't feel it. I wasn't there. That's what I believe. I know it's everywhere. And there are some that appear to be more tapped in than others. Like, obviously, there, there's more love than there is us. <laughs> so there really is only love. Like, that's the truth. There's only love. Yeah. But in this reality, it seemed like he was tapped in at that time and I was not. Mm. But now I am too, so I can you see him. Are. I can see you him. Are. I can see him. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you hear God's voice? within you? It is a feeling. So I listen for silence. And then in that silence, so right now, you know, you're listening to me at home, you hear my voice, but you also hear quiet. And if you pay more attention to the quiet than to my voice, and if you keep paying attention to that quiet, a good feeling comes up in your body. Mm. And that's God's voice for me. That love is the way God sounds, is the way God feels. I listen for the feeling of love. And then I keep listening. One of my favorite teachers, Joel Goldsmith, Mm -hmm. would say, keep your right ear cocked. Like, Stay in the listening position. Like, That's meditation, listening. When you're listening, you're not thinking. 
there's just like alert attention. That alert attention, if you can stay attentive like, like that, like you're listening for something you can't hear in that space. If you can stay there, you feel love. And then you just stay feeling love until you become one with that love and you start identifying with that love and watching the body. So you shift from being Raquel, being Nikki, to watching Raquel, mm. watching Nikki. I was watching Nikki watch her grandmother transition. Mm. If I was being Nikki, if I was unaware that I was that love, I could not have handled that moment the way I did. If everyone's listening, they can experience this experience daily (laughs) 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 because your beautiful, I mean, podcast, it's not just a podcast, it's a beautiful gift. And I feel like you are sharing these messages from the heart, from God within you, you know, and it's, Mm. it's something that connects us and something just eases out of you. Like you articulate it in such a way that feels like it's from the soul, from all our souls. And that's that's this oneness that connects us all. So I want to thank you for that. Oh, that means so much coming from you. Thank you for all you do, for your gift, your light that you are. <laughs> thank you. I also love this quote, by the way, that you recently brought up. And it is by, let's see, his name is Dick Gregory. So when the universe picks you, and you put on the magic glasses, there's rules that go with them. You can never take them off. You can never see things as they're supposed to be. You see things as they are. Ooh, what does this mean yes. for you when God picks you? You know what's interesting? Again, I met him. And at the time, I was not here where we are right now. I was not in this love and I did not see this. He was just there as a comedian. To me, he was just a stand-up comedian that was a powerful activist and icon in the Black community. I did not know this was where he was coming from. And that is why we met. You know, he's transitioned, you know, since then when I met him. But it was powerful to bump into that quote that you just shared, like last week. I think I bumped into it. I had no idea he wrote and talked like this. I had no idea. So yeah, when you begin to look out and see. And it's like, for me, I see the way you see. I see everything as it is, but I feel love where I see stuff. So if you were standing in front of me right now, I'd see your form. I'd see your gorgeous self, but I would feel love where I see you. The same love I feel in Nikki, I feel where you are. And I feel where the couch is and I feel where the tree is. It's the same love, whether I'm looking at my kid or whether I'm looking at a stranger. And Mm. you can say like, oh, that sounds cold. That sounds callous. But there's just this one love. And no matter what you're looking at, you can feel it. And if you can feel that, then everything in your life changes. You can't help but serve. You can't help but walk into your purpose. Your purpose unfolds from this love. Everything comes from this love and it doesn't pick and choose. Like it's literally like the sun. It shines on everything equally, period. Like there's no way that you can withhold it. You can't give it. It's just radiating. And so that it's just a radiating, constant radiating. And it's always happening. It's just that we have been unaware of it. And as long as we are turned toward it, and filling it, then we can be it. And then we are that sun in the grocery store, you know, at the post office. Mm -hmm. And you know that feeling, Raquel. Mm -hmm. Like, I know you make people light up, you know, when you walk (laughs) into spaces. And it's like, yes, being that, but everywhere all the time, because you are 
aware of Raquel. You're not even being the Raquel. You're watching her walk in. (laughs) And then that light is there. That love is there. Mm. Wow. I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add, of course, some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and of course, a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. And you also might already know of them as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara. And it is a game changer. It is. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formula set the bar high with uncompromising standards. So no wonder their bestsellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews. And what also makes them even more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive. Hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E Medics. Thrive Cosmetics. So it's not just about beauty. I mean, they're truly about giving back. So with your support, they donate products and funds to support communities in need through responsive giving. That's why they've been my beauty obsession since 2020. I've been using their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara since 2020. I mean, this is a magical mascara that lasts all day without a hint of clumping or smudging or flaking. And removal is a breeze as all I need is warm water and a washcloth. Pretty simple. And also here's the best part. The nourishing ingredients in this flake-free tubing formula not only gives you the length and definition that you crave, but also it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's a love story for your lashes. So Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. What someone feels disconnected. They're in a low. They are going through a valley, through a hard time in life. And what you said was so beautiful. And sometimes some people might feel so disconnected that they can't connect with this message that is innately a part of them. It's it's a part of you. What you are talking about mm-hmm. is like everybody 
can experience this. But I mean, I've been there too, where you feel so disconnected and tapped out and, you know, not connected with God and just things are going wrong and you're just focusing on the things going wrong. And that's probably why some people could be listening to this right now because they feel lost yes. and they feel helpless and worthless. And so do you have a message for them who are looking for what you are describing? Mm. So there is many, 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 many tools in the toolkit that you can pull out and you have to figure out which ones work best for you. And I'm going to share two that worked tremendously well for me when I was going through like my dark night of the soul in mm-hmm. 2017, like when my life was falling down to build back up again in this love. And every time something like that feeling that despair would come, that fear, that anxiety would clench you, you know, it would come over you. What I would do, I'd say, and this comes from A Course in Miracles, Mm. I'm not upset for the reason I think. I'm not upset because X, Y, Z, whatever it is that your mind is telling you why you should be upset. You're only upset because you forgot this love. You forgot God. You stepped out of this peace. And that alone will not be enough for you to feel better, but it will be, it'll put some space between you and the situation. Like, oh, this isn't anger. This is just misalignment. This is how I feel when I'm not in alignment with God. That's right. I'm not really upset. (laughs) I'm just not feeling God. And so then you can go right into a mantra. You can go in. That's a huge practice for me, which I can't wait to share. I hope we get time to share that. Absolutely. That's a huge practice for me to go right into mantra or a practice using your body like an antenna, like for the divine. So you know how you sway, like sway right now if you're listening and you're somewhere where you won't look strange swaying, even though there's no music playing. And that's the point. The way you sway when there's good music and your body just naturally rocks left to right. If you sway like that, you can rock yourself into love, like into that same peace you feel when your favorite song is on, even when it's not playing. It's like you're hearing divine music. You're rocking your way into that feeling of God. And another way would be if you namaskar, if you fold your hands in front of you, like prayer position, and just gently bow. Mm. You're bowing to that love inside. You can feel it's humbling. And you immediately, like your body is an antenna, you immediately feel that love inside. And then again, the whole point is becoming aware of the love and then trying to identify as that so that you know you can't lose it. Nothing can eclipse that. There's no hurt, no pain, no situation that can touch that. You can always feel it, even if it's just 2% of it. And that's all you need for the healing to start. You don't have to shift right into joy. And that's where I used to get hung up, you know, back in the day. I'm like, I got to feel great. Mm-hmm. got to be excited. You know, so I can manifest everything. No, there's a natural high vibration where you are all the time and it's not manufactured and you don't have to create it. You just have to tap into it and stay feeling yeah, it. I, amen. Absolutely. So beautiful. And we do keep bringing up God. I do want to get into the powerful mantras, of course, but we do keep bringing up God. Yes. And I'm also putting myself in someone's shoes. I've been there. You even talked about it, how that word was once triggering in a sense for you mm-hmm. to, you wanted to use universe. And yes. I still use universe. I still use source. I also use God. I 
use now the great mystery, oh, um, I like which that. is a term, a term Native Americans refer to God, which I thought is so beautiful. Mm. Um, and so I know it's so beautiful. It is. Right? So if someone's triggered by this word God, perhaps because they come from a religious background as well, that's often because, you know, yeah. we're taught something and then we don't really connect with what we're taught. So I love how you went on a journey, a spiritual journey to explore what this meant for you, you know, and I think that that's a powerful thing. And then when you were exploring it, you, you felt love for God, what God is, what God is in your heart, what God is to you. And I'd love to hear from your heart, a message for those that just feel so triggered, probably because of religious trauma triggered by this word, God. Yeah. So you don't have to name it. I love that great mystery. Mm-hmm. Rumi called God friend, you know, that good friend. You know, I love the friend, you know, but it doesn't need a name. It is the very awareness, the awareness that you are right now, what's aware of this voice and the thoughts that you might have, the triggering thoughts that you're having. That awareness in my experience is God. It's what man calls God. And you can call it love. That's what I usually refer to it as, this invisible awareness, this peace, this presence. You can call it the universe. You can call it the vortex. You can call it you know, energy. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But it doesn't need a name because it existed before language. And so I say God, because of my upbringing at first, I rejected it. And like they say, you were born into your specific religion for a reason, you know, and Although I definitely very much vibe with like the non-dual Hindu teachings and even like some Sikh traditions, beautiful. I have come all the way back around to mystical Christianity, like the true teachings of Jesus, where he's reminding people like, hey, we all have that same father (laughs) and he's in heaven. It's one and it's not some guy, you know, it's love that you feel, that you can be in touch with, that heaven is not a place. It's where you are right now. It's everywhere. And it's just a matter of quieting the mind enough to feel it. To me, God is love. It's love, a divine love that is accepting of everything. That's beautiful. You did a full circle, but found what it meant for you, what instead of labeling Christianity, what Jesus now represents for you. I think that that's so beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. Me, exactly. me as well, by the way, I grew up Mormon and then oh, cool. I left to the church yeah. and I don't connect with the church anymore, but just exactly what you just said. The truth is everywhere. It's everywhere. It's just, you have to be able to see through exactly. the BS. Exactly. You have to see through all the dogma, yeah. all the, the human stuff that yep. we've piled on top of it. Yep. The message was there in the beginning. Yep. Jesus' message is pure. It's the same message Krishna had. Yeah. It's the same message Buddha had. It's it's all the same message. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> now I'd love to hear about your powerful mantras, especially the ones that you use to uplift and transform your life and your soul Man. and connect with God and everything we're talking about. So a very... Uh, I don't even know how to make this story very short, but I met Oprah Take, what, and I met- What? Stop. What? <laughs> yes. What? Yes. Oh my gosh. And Coldplay. I was on stage with Coldplay. Oh my gosh. This is in- Okay. So 2018, oh it was gosh. insane. And I was not affirming. I was wow. not visualizing. Wow. This. So 2018, and this is not about the podcast yet. This was just like my wink from the universe, yes. my wink from God, like, yes. you know, yes. focus on yes. this love. So 
it was, let's say, September 2018, and I'm scrolling Instagram. Now, I'm in the midst of my dark night of the soul. What people would, from the outside looking in say is my dark night. Like, my whole life is falling apart. I'm in the beginnings of a divorce. But it's like I'm peaceful because I know that this is all the things that have to happen for me to get to what I've been asking for, which is more love in my life to reflect the love that I'm feeling inside because I've been practicing it. I could feel it. So when things started crumbling, I'm like, oh, this is good. This is the miracle. This is the first part of the miracle. <laughs> it does not look good, but I know good is coming. So September, I'm looking, September 2018, looking through my phone on Instagram, I come across a dope post and it's like Usher, the singer and a doctor, um, Dr. Sadegi talking about consciousness on a, like a panel somewhere. And I'm like, this is cool. So I DM mm -hmm. the doctor, don't know either of them, knew I couldn't DM Usher. DM the doctor. I'm like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I used to do. This is what I want to do. I'm really trying to get into sharing in this space. Um, if you're doing any uh, like future panels, I'd love to be a part. And he said, you know, I would love to get your PO box. I'll send you a care package and we can talk. I said, cool. Sent him my information, completely forgot about the entire, you know, exchange and went on with my life. November of that same year, you know, a couple months later, I'm scrolling again and I come across a huge global consciousness summit that's happening in South Africa like that next week. Wow. And I feel that twinge of jealousy of like, this is what you want to be doing and you're not doing it. You don't know what you want to do, but this is definitely like something like it. And so instead of going down that rabbit hole, I quickly shifted and I DM'd the woman who was organizing it. And I just explained again, this is who I am. This is what I used to do. This is what I want to do. If you're ever doing this again, I would love to be considered. And she's like, let's get on a WhatsApp. So we WhatsApped and we talked for almost two hours. And this is a Saturday and I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, and she's in South Africa. And she's like, you know, this is going to be huge. You know, we're in the same area where they're having the Global Citizen Festival. So Oprah, you know, Beyonce, Jay-Z, everybody's going to be here. We won't get into any of that. She's like, we are completely unaffiliated with that, but we'll be in that same energy and the same atmosphere, you know, and we'll get to talk about meditation and it's a bunch of us from all over the world and we can meditate together. It'll be powerful. And I'm like, oh, she's like, if I would have met you sooner, you'd be here on this panel with us. And I'm like, I'd love to. And she's like, well, could you get to Africa in like three days? And I'm like, um, I'm like let me check my accounts. I had like, not, I was not that liquid at the time. So, but I'm like, let yeah. me just see. So I go online, I check like orbits or something to see ticket prices, and they were reasonable for last minute tickets to South Africa oh. at the last oh. minute. That's synchronous. Crazy. And she was like, if you can get here, I can put you up. So all you have to do is just get a ticket. And so I'm like, I just got to get a ticket, just one airline ticket. I can do this. I'm like, hey, mom, can you get the kids? I need to go to Africa. And she's like, what? <laughs> like, and like, not Atlanta, <laughs> not LA, Africa. I'm like, yeah. So she's like, she knows how I move. So she's like, okay, I got this. I got this. So I, right, I booked the ticket. And this is a stranger. Like, I'm going to Africa to stay at a place that I don't know. But it felt, so, it feels like our conversation. Like, I would fly out to wherever you told me to come, like, without even a question. Mm -hmm. So that's how it felt. So. Oh. I booked the flight and then, and this is a Saturday and I'm flying out on like a Monday or a Tuesday. So I am on oh, yeah, a Tuesday. Uh -huh. So on Monday, I go to my PO box for the first time that quarter because I don't ever check it. And in the PO, I was hoping for a check. Any money would have been great. So I go there and there's a box from that doctor I told you about. And I opened the box and I'm like, what is this? And I remembered him and I'm like, oh crap. And I DM'd him. I'm like, I am so sorry. I completely forgot you sent this to me. Thank you for all these books and DVDs and buttons. I don't know what all this is, but when I get back from Africa next week, 
I'm going to DM you and we're going to chat about this. And he wrote back, he's like, are you going to the Global Citizen Festival? I'm like, no, no, but I am going to Johannesburg. I'm just not going to be at that. I'm going to be at something else, unaffiliated, doing meditation. And he's like, you're the luckiest woman in the world. Here's my number. Call me. And so I call him and he's like, I basic, like this is Colts play event and they work with my nonprofit. Like I can get you into anything you want as long as you blog for us and pass out <sighs> buttons, love buttons. I'm like, love buttons. This is perfect. And I'm like, he's like, but how can I get you love buttons in time for your flight tomorrow? I'm like, you already sent me like 300 buttons in September. I had a huge box of buttons. And so the next day I get on the flight headed to South Africa, got to meet Oprah backstage with Oprah. And then the next like day I'm on stage with Coldplay, thanks to Dr. Beckwith, Dr. Michael Beckwith from The Secret also there. He got me into that. I would not have been on stage if it wasn't for him. It was just like all the synchronicities. And right before that trip, right before I talked with that woman, before I booked that flight, I wrote in my journal, is this love enough? Is this love enough? And at the time, I was chanting and practicing feeling love, practicing what I've been sharing this whole podcast episode. That was the only thing I was doing, like nothing special, chanting and feeling love. And I wrote, is this love enough? Because I'm like, I can't, I don't know. And even though none of that was really like career forwarding or anything, it was a massive wink, you know, like. To chat with Chris Martin. And I've been listening, you know, to like a full of dreams for like a year. You know, when I got to meet him, it was bizarre. It was absolutely perfect. So to fast forward into like my true mantra practice, which developed even more after that. Um, in 2020, November, I decided just for my sanity that I needed to start waking up before the rest of my household in order to get time to meditate. And I started waking up at five and took up chanting the Hare Krishna, the Maha Mantra, Mm -hmm. every day, 16 times around. So 108 times, 16 times around my mala. It takes about an hour and a half. And I decided, like, I'm not going to miss. I don't care how tired I am. I have to get up before the sun every day and chant. And I've done that. I have not woken up after the sun since November 28th, 2020. And the first day I did it. I live on the water here in Clearwater Beach, and I went out back to the dock, my daughter and I, and we always see dolphins, but they never interact with us. And that day, after I did my chanting, that new practice at 5 a.m., and it's like 10 a.m. now, this baby dolphin came like under the dock and looked up at us. (gasps) And I got it on camera. Yeah, and I put it on Instagram. (laughs) So it happened. And so I'm like, I hear you. I hear you. And I've been doing it ever since. I don't miss. I chant. And when I'm like idle, like right now I can't be chanting. But as soon as we're done, I'll be chanting again. Like I chant when I'm walking. I'm I'm chanting when I'm brushing my teeth, when I'm taking a shower, when I'm loading the dishwasher, when I'm driving. It is constant because if you're so full of whatever your word is, I chant the names of God. You can chant, you know, peace. You can chant, I am love. You can chant, only love is here. That was a favorite of mine. You can chant whatever you want, but just chant because when you're full of that, there's no room for the other Mm. stuff. Like It's like a wet sponge. You know, A wet sponge can't soak up more stuff. If your mind is full of love, there's no room for the fear. And so I, and so the more I stay there within a month of that practice, I had not done press. I hadn't done press since like 2016. I was in people on people.com. I was on the breakfast club. Um, 
there were like new projects popping up all over the place. And then within four months, the idea to start The Daily Show came because I was getting up every day full of love so much every morning that I'm like, I've got to share this. Like it was like spilling over. But I'm like, I don't know how to edit a podcast or produce one. I don't even know how to like publish one. Like, so I had to learn all of these things. And I did. And I did it. I did it. I had to do it myself. I did reach out to like large platforms trying to get a partner, you know, to make it easier for myself, I thought. And no one, it was like crickets, nothing. And then I launched and then they all reached out to me. Wow. And then I had to say no because I don't want, I can't put ads on the show. You know, it's like, it feels like a little church or like an ashram or temple (sighs) that every morning, like it's like one purpose and it's to get you into love. And then hopefully for you to stay there all day and then to come back the next morning, five minutes. That's why they're short, five to 10 minutes, get you in the love, send you on your way. I don't, that's like that. I don't have time for anything else and I don't want to put anything else on it. So while I do want to figure out how to monetize and it's crazy, I'm turning down like really dope offers from, you know, these platforms, but I can't, I did a a show about it today. That was my bonus episode today. I talked about the six figure offers. Like it's. And it's not even like hard to turn them down because I can't. It's like I feel that same love is like, no, can't do that. Wow. <laughs> That's not what this, this is. is your, this is your ministry. Yeah. This is your sacred space. And so yeah. I understand that. Yeah. I honor that so much. Wow, Nikki. Everything you just said, I, I, I still have chills. I don't think my chills ever stopped this entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking a lot about your kids as well. And I'm thinking how beautiful it is that they get to be surrounded by this great divine love through you. And I'm curious um, how you help them along their own um, journeys with maybe spirituality or whatever it is, how they connect with God, or if you even help them along in that way, in that fashion. Yeah. I try to give them space. They know like if yeah. you had them on here interviewing them, they'd say like, oh, all mom does is talk about God. Like even my son mm-hmm. at the doctor the other day, I have my malas on my wrist and he <laughs> likes to kind of like show off a little bit. So in front of the doctor, he's like, mom, why do you wear God? I'm like, why do I wear God? And the doctor was like, oh my goodness. But he's, my son is four. And so he's very tapped in and he watches me a lot. And he has a lot of questions, the same ones I had when I was about his age. So it's always, where is God? You know, one time I was like, oh baby, God's in your heart. You know, he's like, well, God's so big. How can he fit in there? And then the other day he's like, is God in the secret room in my heart? And I'm like, is he like I, that is an interesting statement. You know, like, did he hear me say that at some point? I don't remember like consciously oh saying gosh. that. <laughs> he's secret in the secret room, room in my heart. Oh my gosh. The kids these days are just, I mean, I feel like they're so connected and so highly conscious more than yes. it's been in a long time. That is so beautiful yes. to hear. Oh, I feel like there's more. Oh yeah. And my daughter, she's 11 and she was interested a little bit in like some meditation early on, but she's kind of in that preteen. She's very into like anime. And so I support her in whatever that is. However, whenever she is off centered, like stress, she goes to a very challenging STEM school. She comes to me and she's like, I can feel that knot in my throat. You know, like basically like that, like that's how she expresses that she's about to cry and like kind of just tapping into her emotions and I help her breathe. And she's taken those breathing practices and some of the mantra practice into class. And she'll even say like when my test was really hard and I didn't know the answers, I closed my eyes and I remember to chant, you know, I remember to breathe. And 
even though she won't sit with me and do it formally at the house, there's things that she's taken with her into her life, you know, to help her cope. Mm-hmm. And I think that's awesome. So I don't push anything. You know, I, I try to have that space. I let them know that they are more than welcome to sit and meditate with me. You know, and they hear the music. You know, I sing a lot to my chanting, but I give them their space to to be them and to grow into who they are to be. And I just, I try to live as love as an example, and then hopefully they'll get from that what they need. Mm, That's so beautiful. And something just came to heart. And this is more of a question for my best friend. She just had her first child and she was thinking, Mm. uh, because she grew up Catholic as well. And uh, she was asking me, she's like, I don't, I mean, she wasn't asking me. She was just letting me know that she didn't know if she, because she's not religious, but she was thinking like, should I baptize him mm-hmm. just in case? And I was like, and I, I don't know that experience because yeah. I haven't been there. I'm not a mother. And I'm just curious if you've heard other women talk about that. Like I remember I was baptized when I was eight into the LDS church and I wouldn't do that to my kids, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm just curious if you've ever heard this yeah. from other mothers who are like, should I baptize my kids? And also what do I tell my kids about the afterlife? Yeah. And what have you experienced with this? Man, so the afterlife question is something that came up just last night. We were watching Encanto again. Have you seen Encanto? Oh, MG, everyone listening. If you have not, as soon as this is over, go watch Encanto and thank me later and cry and then watch it five more times and then (laughs) sing the music like for the rest of the year. But it's so good. And that, that came up in the show a little bit, just like every Disney movie. And so my son was asking about, you know, like what happens after you die. And I'm like, baby, I don't have answers. I'm like, but mommy knows the fear you're feeling because I used to feel it too. And we can find ways to comfort ourselves in this moment where we are now. And so my practice, just like he would say, mommy, I can't stop thinking about death, the idea of dying. You know, I'm like, okay, let's see if you can think about a rainbow. Mm -hmm. And so trying to teach him that he can direct his attention. You know, so we did that for like 10 minutes. Like, can you think about a giraffe? And he's like, mom, can you see a white feather? You know, like, so it's like visualization and like just directing attention, showing him that you act, you can like turn your attention to other areas. You don't have to just focus on that one really scary thought that we don't have an answer to. Um, I have told him, of course, that, you know, because he's like, where was I before I was in your tummy? I'm like, that's a hard question, Max. And he's like, where, where was I where grandma is, is what he said. And like, like, was I in heaven? And I'm like, yeah, you know, you were in this love. You were love. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, it's tough. And the baptism question, I don't like my daughter. At the time when she was born, I wasn't as far into this as I am now. And my I told you, my parents, they're Catholic, and my ex was not um, yeah. Catholic. He was non-denominational. But we still, I'm like, you know, it feels, I think we're supposed to get, yeah. get her baptized, you know? So we did. but And we had it done by my priest, but he couldn't do, like, some of the Catholic rituals because my right. husband my, right. was, my husband wasn't. So I don't. It's it's interesting. Yeah. I think it's a personal thing where I am now. I don't think any outward show mm-hmm. of religion or like right. you know spiritual things are necessary. Yes. You know, like the true baptism is in spirit. It's in this love, you know. You can do all the outward shows and you can get the water and the holy water and do all of that and that's great. Like there's no judgment. But I think the true like it matters the most if it's that inner baptism. You know, like looking at your child, bathing your child 
in that love, being there in that space for them, you know, like letting yourself be the room, like not just being mommy and baby, but the room that mommy and baby is happening and being the love. That's Maharaj. She said, don't be the husband or the wife, be the love between the two. And so it can be the same for mommy and baby. Like <laughs> you're neither the mommy or the baby, you know, you're the love that's in the room. And that's baptism. That's we're all being baptized all the time if you're living oh, that way. Just letting you know that I'm going to give Cecilia this. Ah. This has been weighing on her. And I know that it's so meaningful for her to feel like her kid is connected to a God in some way. So it sounds like he's connected because of her already. He, he just yeah. is. He just is. He doesn't need, he doesn't need the no. show. He doesn't need the no. show. And that's so, so beautifully said. I couldn't agree more. Then I have one more child question yeah. that came to heart because I feel like other people are curious about this too. I grew up with the thought that there was eternal damnation in hell. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you likely did too. I'm not as familiar yes. with the Catholic beliefs, but for me as a kid, I wanted to be such a good kid because I was afraid of hell, which is interesting until I stopped believing it at 12. Cause I was like, yeah. well, why would God send me to hell if he loves me? And then, then everything started to click at that point. Mm-hmm. But yeah. for your kids, like yep. they're just innately good kids, but what do you teach them about that? Or if they hear about it from other people, so you trust that they're also good kids, good humans. Oh uh, Yeah. That's a good question. And I haven't Thankfully, that hasn't come up because I don't think they've been made aware of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was raised with it very much in the foreground. Right. You know, if you lie, you go to hell. You do anything, like you end up in hell. And it's terrible there. And all the pictures and, <laughs> you know, the descriptions, it was horrible. Yeah. Um, but like for me today, when I think of evil, you know, or damnation, I remind myself and even germs or lack, you know, mm-hmm. that's another thing that we put power in remembering that there's only one power and that it, that it doesn't even need to fight a darkness, you know, or overcome a darkness. There's just love, period. And anything else, although it might appear to be at the source of it, at the bottom of it, I think in A Course in Miracles, they say everything you see that is a lack or a sickness or something is just a call for love a call for love. So knowing that there is actually no evil, there is actually no death, just as there is actually no birth, there's only love. How I would share that with my children, I think living, like I said, the example of them watching me serve and help others, watching me get like, I make sure whenever we're doing any community activity, like they're with me. I find community activities to take them to. I allow them to be around me when I'm doing, you know, some of this work so that they can see like this is how we are in the world. In this life, we help other people. We smile, we make their day. They watch me speak to strangers. Everyone. Now my son is like worse than me. He says hi mm-hmm. and starts a conversation with everybody. So I think it's literally like living the example for them. Um and then just trusting in love that they'll follow that too, like a North Star, trusting that the same love that's guiding you is guiding them. And so it's really a trusting, it's the parent that has to trust, that has to love, be love, and then to trust in that love and to trust that it's guiding them and protecting them too. I'm holding my heart right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's so beautifully said. And it's so, it's, it's just what kids 
deserve. I think that this is going to allow them to feel free Mm. and not to have any sort of tensions because they have certain boundaries spiritually that they feel they need to live by. Yeah. And I think setting an example just sounds like the best role to approach this and allow them to just be because they are love. Mm. So beautifully said. I have this one question that I have to ask because it really intrigued me when I was looking at your podcast Mm -hmm. and you have something called how do you activate a miracle? Mm. And I'm curious what a miracle means to you and and how do you activate one? Yeah. So again, and I have never read A Course in Miracles cover to cover, but I've quoted it heavily in this episode for some reason. Maybe one of you out (laughs) there at home, this is your book, but... I love their definition of a miracle, which is just shifting from fear into love. So in that moment when you're crying in the bathroom, upset about something, and in that like waking up out of that moment, waking up out of that body just for a second and remembering love is here too. That's the first miracle. That's it. Just the ability to wake up and remember oh, this is the Nikki movie and this is the part in the Nikki movie where she's really afraid about what's going to happen next or she's really upset about this Mm. and just not fully buying into it. Like you're watching a movie about someone else. Like you have to have that kind of level of detachment just for a second. And then if you can just stay aware of that love that crept up in that, that space, you know, that you had and, oh, that's right. I'm aware of this anger. I'm not angry. I'm not sad. I'm aware of it. Then what we call a miracle in the world unfolds, like some solution comes or, you know, some person or, you know, like whatever it is where the, the, the circumstance is resolved. That miracle happens only because the first one happened and you initiate that by remembering love, that only love is here. Only love is real. That's right. And just breathing your way back into that equilibrium and the tears are still there and the trembling is still there, but now love is there too. And love is on the scene. God is on the scene. And that means the miracle is already there. The solution is already there. The need has already been met. You just haven't arrived in that part of the movie yet. (laughs) So you're going to get there. You just got to chill. I love that vision as well to think of yourself in a movie that you're just observing. That's just a part of an experience that you happen to be observing, but that's not fully you. But this is what Raquel's going through when she wakes up today. This is what Nikki's going through when she wakes up today. Mm -hmm. This is the human's experience, my human. I do refer to myself a lot when I'm talking about Raquel. I refer to her a lot as my human, my human. My human. My human is going through this in this moment, but it's not me. And this moment couldn't be any other way. I do that too. I say that all the time. Like this anger (laughs) couldn't be any, I could not be thinking any other way right now. And I couldn't be feeling any other way. And that immediately shifts. That's the miracle. That shifts. You feel love. You notice, oh, love's here. That's right. Everything's fine. I'm tripping. Uh, Everything's good. (laughs) And then things are good. Things work out. Every time it has never failed me. And you happen to have such a beautiful life that you've your human has manifested for herself and also your soul gets to <laughs> yes. experience. I'd love to hear about, especially since you have a daily podcast, I don't know if you batch those episodes or if you have a daily routine or if it kind of yeah. like, you know, sometimes you batch it, sometimes you do daily. I'm curious what your 
routine or just what if we walk through the human of Nikki, what her day looks like. The human of Nikki wake has an alarm that is set <laughs> for four o'clock and in the morning. And I usually don't go to bed until about eleven the night before. So it's intense. Wow. Because of the kids, it's a lot. Wow. You know what? Mm-hmm. It's super mama energy. I notice that mothers out there, they don't actually for whatever reason like of course one day you'll finally get your eight hours hopefully yeah hopefully but i've noticed that it's just like a superpower yeah. that mothers have it I kicks mean, in there's so many superpowers mamas have yeah yeah it kicks in and there's uh, something about like that this energy that i have that draws me to the microphone every morning because i i wake up at four but then I'm not at the mic until like 5 or 5.30 because I have to do my own like mantra meditation practice. But it's like the pull to do this every day. And it's not like Monday through Friday. It's Monday through Sunday. And if I'm traveling, I will record like two episodes a day leading up to the trip so that, you know, it'll cover my time. Um, right. But I feel yeah. disconnected during that time. Like when I was in Maui in December and then mm-hmm. when I was in Italy in December, it's I did not feel as close to it as I do when I'm doing it either just the night before, you know, like the editing the night before, recording that morning before the next day. Like, so tomorrow's, I record it today, this morning. Um, But, and so I I can talk about like where I am and where I feel people are, you know, if it's a Monday, you know, or if it's a Friday, like I can tap into that vibe. But yeah, I like that better, even though it's more pressure. You know, because it's like you're on, you have to wake up the next morning and get that other episode out. And some days there's so much inspiration. I record two, you know, one for the next morning and then a bonus for that same day. And I love that energy, you know, like it is so joyous that I want everybody to feel it. And that's why I share it every day. Oh, I love this. And you know what is wild is... Because I went four months recently without having guests on. And I realized, because mm-hmm. this moment for me, Nikki, you were talking about church earlier. And to be honest, yeah. when I'm on my podcast, this is church for me. Yeah. And hearing your ministry and hearing your messages, like this is church for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have guests on for four months and I was starting to feel a little tapped out. And I I did need the break because it's yeah. been four and a half years. So I just need a recharge. And I hope wow. you also take breaks sometimes. I but, need to. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I, I needed I, – I felt a severe burnout. My human mm, felt a very yeah, severe course. burnout. And so I needed to recharge and it was four months. And I'm thankful for it, but I – realize how much because of the past week I've interviewed so many people and I realized mm-hmm. how much I needed this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I, I agree that for whatever reason, it keeps you accountable, just like really tapping in and connecting with God in these moments, you know, or like it's not keeping you, your human accountable, but keeps you grounded and in your yeah. heart and tapping back into that energy of love. And so I love that you do that daily as your own practice, but also then you share it with the world. So that way, you know, there's such a beautiful power in numbers when it comes to everybody feeling that energy as well. Oh yeah. Ah, yes. And I'm happy you like listened and took that break, yeah. you know, that tap out. Cause a lot of times we don't do that. And then our bodies break down yeah. first and make us yes. do it, you know? So, yeah. and just listening. Cause you know, the calling today, like maybe the podcast won't be the calling three years from now for me, you know, maybe it won't yeah. be that for you three years from now. And it's just, yeah. you know, listening to that feeling and letting it guide That's you. Important. And you'll always be taken care of, always, as long as you're listening. Mm-hmm. 
I did notice that you also posted something about breaks a while back, like taking a vacation from yourself and also how to take a real break. I'm curious what that is. How to take a break from yourself. Trying to remember that episode because that's another thing. Every morning, it was a while. I record, (laughs) I record like 30 to 40 minutes for those little five minutes and I cut, it's like a puzzle. And then I get to like figure out how to cut it down to a five to 10 minute piece that I would actually want to listen to. Wow. Oftentimes I'm like, ooh, I, I said that that was good. I can tell when it's Nikki <laughs> trying to come up yeah. with something and when it's like, yes. you know, Nikki gets out of the way a bit and that's the better yes. stuff. <laughs> so yeah. I try I to exactly leave all of that. What you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And then cut everything else. Uh, but oh my goodness, taking a break from yourself, mm-hmm. just hearing that in this moment. I would say that the noise of the mind is what we identify as the self. So doing whatever it is, you can do whatever that practice is for you. Like I said, mantra, it could be swaying. It could be right now, Raquel, stare straight ahead without blinking. Don't blink. This is an Osho technique. Don't blink, stare. And notice that when you are staring and not blinking, the mind is still. And the mind is still, that means there is no you that you usually think you are. There's just this moment. There's just this. Without any labels, you can't even say what city that body is sitting in, what year that body is sitting in. All of that would be thought. If you can just say this moment and stare straight ahead without blinking, That's a way to quiet the mind. It's a way to quiet the self. It's the way to take a break from the self. And again, it goes back to that alert attention. And it's just tapping into practices like this over and over and over again until you can go right into that not blinking, even when you're blinking, to get into that space of silent mind, even when the eyes are blinking again. I love that meditation. I love that meditation. And I've done many meditations similar to that, that I, when I do feel my mind, Raquel taking a back seat and just here with nature. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's one thing I wanted to remember and bring up is when you were talking about to your kids about just the experience of when they're thinking about the afterlife and you instead have their mind go to a rainbow and shift their thinking to nature. Mm -hmm. That is heaven. That is the afterlife. You know, that is God. And I think that was so profound. And this came to heart as I was staring at my wall. Ah, I love that. (laughs) It was the vision that you gave me earlier Mm -hmm. when you were talking to your son about, you know, shifting his mind to a rainbow. Yeah. That's what just came to heart for me in this moment. So I think that that's so beautiful. Ah, that's powerful. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I think about like when we were kids, wouldn't it have been awesome to Uh, have these tools? uh, You know, like I was just dying of anxiety as a kid, like my whole childhood. No kidding. Oh, I was so worried about hell. I was, oh my gosh. I was terrified of dying, terrified of losing my grandma. That was huge for me. Same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when yeah. she did. I was, she waited. She waited for me to find this love. Oh. Yeah. She waited for me to find love. And then I found it. 
and I was there with her and I could see, and I, what I didn't share was right before she died, like maybe, maybe eight hours before she took her last breath, I was in the hospital with my sister and my parents had been in the room and my grandma was in like a coma, like some kind of a diabetic coma. And so she was completely out of it. And my parents left and she woke up just for like a few minutes. And she looked at me and she looked at my sister and I'm like, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, grandma, are you in any pain? And she just kind of shook her head. No. And then I said, you know, my sister still is getting married soon. Just trying to make small talk. I'm Uh like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't want to lose you. And so then she looks out into the hallway and I'm like, what's, and I'm looking and my sister's looking. I'm on her left and my sister's on her right, on the right side of the hospital bed. And I'm like, what's up grandma? And she says, the light. And I'm, and so I know exactly what I think she's talking about. And I'm like, is the light too bright, Grandma? And my sister's like, you want me to turn them down? You want me to cut the lights out, Grandma? And she's like, the light, the light light. And she's like looking into the hall. And then she looks at me. I'm on her left. And she's looking at me. And then she looked through me. Like her <sighs> perception shifted. So she's still looking at me, but she's clearly not seeing me. And then the doctors rushed in and pushed us out. And she was back in a coma. And that was it. And then she was unconscious for many hours. Everybody went home and I stayed. And she took those final breaths. And that love was there. It was there. And it was there at the funeral. And there were tears. Of course, there were tears. But it that love never left. And it has never left since. Oh, my God. And in my mind, and I've told this to people that are going through grief, you know, now experiencing it now. In the beginning stages of it, I imagined that that love that I was feeling was her. Like it was holding my hand. She was holding my hand and keeping me in love. Like if you don't stay here, it hurts. Mm -hmm. Life hurts when you're not feeling this. So I was like just taking her hand, you know, that love, feeling love constantly. Because I knew whenever I stepped out of it, that's when you start to feel whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. frustration, anger, overwhelm, grief. But if you stay in love, it's, I mean, your whole experience is different. That's heaven. Yeah. That's heaven on earth. Yeah. Whew. Man, your grandma must have been one amazing woman. Yeah, she was awesome. Because she had such a beautiful <laughs> granddaughter. Thank you. Would you like to do a rapid fire? Oh, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Why not? This is fun. Why not? All right. Yeah. <laughs> do you prefer, Nikki, coffee or tea? Tea. Really? What kind of tea? You know, I've cut everything out of my diet. I don't eat meat. I don't drink caffeine anymore. So yeah. rooibos, yeah. What, is that how you pronounce it? Rooibos, rooibos. The oh, yeah, tea yeah, from yeah, I know you're talking Tana. about. I don't yeah, know how to pronounce Tana. it. It's delicious. Yeah, well, yeah, it's yeah. not delicious, but it's better than nothing. So that's I'm left with just wow. herbal tea. That's all I got. Yes. <laughs> that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Do you like crystals? Do you have a favorite crystal? I do. You know, when I was younger, I loved... What was, you know, I'm not a crystal girl, but I'm trying to remember the one that I had when I was <laughs> young. Fine. It was like a tiger's eye. Is that a, does that count as a crystal? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I had that's a, one that, of my I favorites. carried that like, all through high school. Oh yeah. That's a powerful one. That was the same actually. That was my main when I was younger too. Oh, so cool. So cool. What, your favorite form of body movement. Mm, that is something I need to do more of. I do my sun salutations. <laughs> And that's about it. So just yeah. stretching. That's beautiful. Where's your happy place? The beach. That's why I moved to it. <laughs> <laughs> what animal do you connect with most, if any? 
Mm. Oh, I love them all. Lately, it's been birds. Mm -hmm. That's been birds and lizards. I guess because it's Florida, but birds and lizards. Lizards. Yeah, it's been very (laughs) interesting. There's so many lizards here in Florida and they get in the house easily. And I've been not scared, able to capture them, talk to them a little bit and free them and like, don't come back in here and tell your cousins, like, don't come in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Tell your cousins. (laughs) Tell Richard. Yep. I call them all Sam. So I'm like, Sam, damn, Sam, why are you back in here? And I get them in a cup and I take them outside. I'm like, don't come back. Sam. That's cute. Are your kids like, Sam's back? Yes, all the time. They're like, Mom, can we get a Sam for a pet? I'm like, absolutely not. Uh, (laughs) At least you're not scared of them. Yeah. They're so cute, I think. Yeah, they are. Um, And then... Do you happen to have a favorite breakfast? Well, I intermittent fast now. So I if yeah. I was – Well, just food. Breakfast oh my food. Gosh. And when you break your fast. Um, so when I was pregnant with my daughter, I ate strawberry pancakes like almost every day. Oh, yum. Um, yeah. But yeah, anything that's sweet. Uh-huh. I love sweets. Yes. You're sweet too. Mm. And then if you could gift everyone you know a book, what book would it be? Mm, that's hard because it used to be like easy, Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now, you know? Yes. But like I really, really, really like Joel Goldsmith's books. Okay. Um, The Infinite Way, Practicing Living the Infinite Way by Joel Goldsmith. Beautiful. That'd be my number one recommendation. I love that. And this is the last question that I ask all the Euro Magic guests. Mm-hmm. How would you advise the Euro Magic listeners to create their own magic? Oh, I would say to do whatever it takes to stay turned toward this love all day. Like to wake up in it, to intend to not take a step. Like don't even put your feet on the floor out of the bed until you find it in the morning. And then to intend to hold it as you walk to the bathroom, to hold it while you're brushing your teeth, to stay aware of this vibration in you, this energy in you constantly while you're eating breakfast, while you're in your commute, while you're on your Zoom calls, whatever, like that changes your life and it changes your life fast. And I can't tell you that it's going to put you in the room with Oprah or have you on stage with Coldplay or, you know, get you, (laughs) you know, on TV or whatever, but whatever your specific blueprint is for that soul, for your life, it will unfold from that. And it will be awesome. It will be good because it is God. Mm. That's it. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Nikki, this podcast, oh my gosh, my heart the entire time, my chills the entire time. There's something that you do that is just so infectious. And I know that other, all the other listeners felt it too and felt your love. So Nikki, Mm. thank you so much. Where can everyone connect with you and feel more of your love? Yeah. So on Instagram, I am at Curly Nikki and it's C-U-R-L-Y-N-I-K-K-I. And then of course my podcast is Good Mornings with Curly Nikki and it's everywhere, um, especially though on Apple uh, Podcasts, Good Mornings with Curly Nikki. Thank you, Nikki. You are more than welcome to come back on any time and continue expanding our hearts. Uh, Thank you so much. I'll be back for sure. Yomis, that is a wrap. That is a wrap for this episode. I hope that something spoke deeply to you, expanded you in some way. Please let me know if so. You can catch me on Instagram at Raquel Mantra. I spell Raquel a different way than most, so you can see the spelling in the show notes. Or hang out with the Yomis, the like-minded, very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the Euro Magic Facebook group especially a place to turn to when it comes to, well, whatever you're going through. 
and there are several tools on the euromagic.life membership site all right well thank you so so much and have a magical rest of your day